0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. On a very early Thursday morning here, the 18th of May, and Renee and I are heading out This morning, got to pack up and get ready to go. So I thought I'd jump on early and uh, get this out to you. So hopefully um, some of you will see this live, but not. It's all right. You watch whatever you want or listen later. Thank you guys are on the audio podcast. We're going to jump right into this day in history and look at some of the things that went on on this day. Famous quote of the day, all truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as self evident. Arthur Schoffenheiser. Mount St. Helens on this day, May 18th, 1980, killing 57 people when it exploded. Magnitude 5.1 earthquake triggered a massive collapse of the north face of the mountain, creating the largest known debris avalanche in recorded history. The pyroclastic flow. Flattened vegetation and buildings for over 230 square miles. Amazing. Now here's one. Here's a here's a trivia question, a sad one. What was the worst school massacre in US history? When did that happen? The worst school massacre. This one surprised me. 1927. Hmm. It's called the Bath School Massacre. Thirty-eight elementary school children and six adults are killed when Andrew Kale set off explosives at the Bath Elementary uh, School. Fifty-eight other people were injured. Committed suicide. Drove up with his truck. Set off the bomb. He'd killed his wife earlier. It was just so sad. And he, at this sign, he had on his farm fence outside of town it says, Criminals are made, not born. He had, um, lost an election to be the township clerk and his farm was being repossessed. That's the only reason they could figure out he blew everybody up. The interesting thing was he said uh, he was unable to pay off his mortgage and his wife's medical bills, but he had enough farm equipment that he could have sold them and paid off the mortgage at least. So anyway, testing for witches, May 18, 1648. Margaret Jones is tested to see if she was a witch. She is tested according to the methods of the book of the discovery of witches written in 1647 by Matthew Hopkins. Very interesting book. I'm sure the accused should be observed for 24 hours. If the person is a witch, an imp will appear to feed off the witch. Imps were witches familiars, which depended on the witch for daily sustenance. Former governor of Massachusetts Bay Colony, John Winthrop claimed to see an imp, In the clear light of day, she was then convicted and executed. She was the first victim of a witch hunt, which lasted from 1648 to 1693. About 80 people throughout New England were accused of practicing witchcraft, with over 20 executed for the crime. Very strange. Very, very strange. Hmm. Okay, let's now move over to the dad jokes. Hmm, I've been telling people about the benefits of, I've been telling people about the benefits of eating dried grapes. I'm all about raisin awareness. (laughs) Raisin awareness. Okay. Scientists have discovered what is believed to be the world's largest bedsheet. More on this story. (laughs) More on this story as it unfolds Uh, These are dad jokes all right now we can move on we're in psalm 64 today in psalm 70 john 6 so find your place please and we will start father we just pray that you would guide our minds guide our hearts as we read into these things and help us understand the truths that you want us to see in jesus name amen all right, more Psalms of David, no doubt, and uh, looking at him, this would should be after his time of running with Absalom. We'll see if it works out in context. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity, who have sharpened their tongue like a sword. They aimed bitter speech as their arrow to shoot from the concealment at the blameless. Suddenly, they shoot at him and do not fear. They hold fast to themselves an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see them? They devise injustices, saying, we are ready with a well-conceived plot. For the inward thought and the heart of a man are deep, but God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they will be wounded, so they will make him simple. Their own tongue is against them. All who see them will shake the head. Then all men will fear, and they will declare the work of God and will consider what he has done. The righteous men will be glad in the Lord and will take refuge in him and all the upright in heart will glory. Yeah, I don't know if this has anything to do with his son Absalom devising a wicked plan in secret and these kinds of things, but um, then it could be (laughs) Sheba, probably more like Sheba, written around this time when he comes back into Jerusalem. Psalm 70 now, prayer for help against persecutors. But the choir director, Psalm of David, for a memorial. O God, hasten to deliver me. O Lord, hasten to my help. Let those be ashamed and humiliated who seek my life. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my hurt. Let those be turned back because of their shame. Who say, ah, uh aha, aha. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. And let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. But I am afflicted and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Well, let God be magnified. Huh? That's the cry that we have. Let the Lord God be magnified as we who wait for him to come anxiously. And David is not ever shy about asking for help from the Lord. He cries out for it. He's often seen on his face. He was, weeps before the Lord. This is a man full of honest emotion on everything he's going through um, before the Lord, which can be a very good thing. Okay, let's jump over to John 6 now. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or Tiberius. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes, and seeing the large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, For he himself knew what he was intending to do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down and numbered about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated likewise also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This is truly the prophet whom is to come into the world. Verse 15. So Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. And after getting into the boat... They started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. Then, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, "'It is I. Do not be afraid.' So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land at which uh, the land to which they were going. So we have the feeding of the 5,000 and the crossing of the sea there. All of these things are Jesus drawing people into a deeper sense of his deity and also to learn. How to follow him and to follow him by faith and not by not by earthly, uh, shall we say, the, the earthly means. They wanted to make him king, but he was not to be the conquering king at this point. He was the suffering servant at his first coming. So it's, um, it's quite an interesting study when you look into Jesus and the, the feeding of the 5,000. There's so many nuances there the the testing of the apostles had they at this point any idea of Jesus' ability to do something like this well it seems at least one was when he brings the, the loaves and the fish before jesus um this is what we have jesus this is all we have and probably wondering that jesus had the ability to do something but wondering what And the the whole issue, there's so many ways you can look at this parable. You are to bring to the Lord what you do have and ask him to multiply it, to bless it. When you have those times of need, especially when it concerns your your basic needs of eating and housing, and when we don't have what is sufficient, but we do bring, and we also see how it is what you have you bring for the benefit of all. And you share openly. This little this little boy didn't start crying. You didn't see him pitch a fit. He stole my fish and my bread and go crazy. This little boy had some kind of, some type of humility about him to say, well, it's for Jesus. If they said they want to bring the bread and the fish to Jesus, he's willing to give it to him. And, and God blessed that obedience of that little boy incredibly and what he had became a blessing to everyone and there's so much there about letting go of not holding tight onto the things that, that are ours and um and then seeing how God can turn around and, and not only use it but bless you because obviously he had the ability himself to eat more than the five loaves and two fish obviously the mom sent it that much to, so he could share it with somebody his little boy can't eat five loaves and two fish by himself so he it was there to share he was probably there with his aunt and uncle maybe his mom and dad but but it was not the parents that had little boys so it seems like he wasn't with the parents hard to say but it, he, uh, he gets blessed there in, in an amazing way and Again, the whole issue was also comparative to see for the people to understand that he had come to give them the bread of life, to feed them on what they needed in their spirits, that which would give them the spiritual health that they were lacking, and that was the bread of life. And he is, he was the bread of life, and he takes the bread and he breaks it, and he Gives it to the people as as symbolic of what he was doing with his own body, that he was giving it to the entire world. With them, so there's some so many wonderful comparisons there as we uh read through it, and then of course, um, going out on the sea, the, the apostles now they've got to learn that Jesus is the provider, Jesus is the bread of life, Jesus does, he can do everything, he's they're learning. They're supposed to be learning that he is deity, that he has power over a, the material world to, to create bread and, and uh, fish, living things, in this case, for consumption. Uh, and now he's going to prove himself as one who has, well, the, the act of levitating, the act of walking on the water, all of these things. Was to draw them deeper, deeper into their into their understanding of that he had come from heaven. He was not just like any other prophet, and that he would be there with them at all times. They would be in the dark. They would be at times. They'd be in the storm, and they would be rowing, and they would be unsure of what they were exactly what was going on. But they were to always follow his instructions. If he said that they were to go to the other side. They were to get in and go, and even though at that moment they thought maybe they were all by themselves, they were to know that he was always just right there. He was, he was would always be near. And of course, they see him walking on the water, and he comes in and he helps them. And we see another, and other situations where he's walking on the water, and you know the whole thing about. Inviting Peter to come out onto the water and, and stand there, well, as well. There's so many great um, comparisons and, and illustrations, and typologies there. But the idea, little by little, is Jesus is saying, Now you need to learn to follow me. You see what I can do, following me by faith. I will get you there. I will come to you in the middle of the night. I will get you there and I will be with you. And of course, Maybe them seeing him and thinking he's a phantom because he's walking on the water was was really a bit prophetic, saying that I will be, in a sense, in the, in the spirit realm once I'm resurrected. You won't see me as you do now, and plainly during the day, but I'm nevertheless real. He had the ability to, to manifest before them and then come to them and, and get into the boat. So a little bit of a typology there as well. Okay, losses overcome. Charles Spurgeon, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, Joel 2.25. Yes, those wasted years over which we sigh shall be restored to us. God can give us such plentiful grace that we shall crowd into the remainder of our days as much service as will be some recompense for those years of unregeneracy over which we mourn in humble penitence. The locusts of backsliding, worldliness, lukewarmness, are now viewed by us as a terrible plague. Oh, that they had never come near us. The Lord in mercy has now taken them away, and we are full of zeal to serve him. Blessed be his name. We can rise such harvests of spiritual grace as shall make our former barrenness to disappear through rich grace we can turn to account our bitter experience and use it to warn others we can become the more rooted in humility childlike dependence and patient spirituality by reason of our former shortcomings if We are the more watchful, zealous, and tender we shall gain by our lamentable losses. The wasted years, by a miracle of love, can be restored. Does it seem too great a boon? Let us believe for it and live for it, and we may yet realize it. Even as Peter became all the more useful, a man, after his presumption, was cured by his discovered weakness, Lord, aid us by that grace. Yeah, that is, that's true, and I've seen this in the life of so many people, to some degree my own. God can redeem those wasted years and those years we were so off track. And we can become sometimes even better servants because of the mistakes we've made, getting so off track, and then we realize that he who is forgiven much loves much, and so there is some truth there, and some of you know exactly what I mean. We have people in our fellowship that you've seen God just God do amazing things, bring them out of some really, really bad backgrounds, and God has is using them and continues to use them in powerful, mighty ways. They have a strong love for God because they don't want to go back to anything of their past. So God is able to. <laughs> he, is, he is the God of grace. We get what we do not deserve, and that is His love and His acceptance and, and heaven and everything thrown in, even after we've been so often so rebellious and so wrong about so many things. So let's praise Him today for that and pray for one for another. Father God, thank you for this morning and giving us this time together. And we bless you, God. Um, we, are, we delight in your grace that is constantly overwhelming us. And even God, in our Christian walks, where we realize we often get um, we often get quite worldly in the things that we like and the things we do and get off track. And I forget the things that you would want us to do, the things you'd want us to share, the things you'd want us to yield over to you so that you could use them for your kingdom. And God, just give us the heart of a child willing to share the, the loaves and the fishes. Give us that kind of a heart and help us also believe that you are there in the night, in the storms, wherever, wherever we're going, God. We know that you promised to, to take us over to the other side, that we will get there and help us never to lose the faith and understand that you are in the process. We are all in the process of getting there. So thank you. We ask your, your blessing today. Upon the things that you are guiding us into in our jobs and our families and our relationships, the very simple tasks that we have to do today, God, may you um, be there in the midst. May we sense your presence in the spirit and in our hearts be connected to you as we go through this day. Even Renee, as we travel, thank you for the opportunity we have have this pastor's conference. May you bless it abundantly. Bless time with Renee, with our grandson and our son and and daughter-in-law and and everything will be going on there. So God, we just ask for your traveling mercies there and that we can uh, continue to be um, meeting new people, gathering together around your word and be useful as your servants on this trip and that God, we all might continue to be um, at your feet every day and bringing new people, God, to you to learn of, of the bread of life, which is satisfying, which feeds us, which we need so much, God. And we ask you to touch those that are in, in need of healing physically, the kester lines and the daughters, God, we pray for the uh, this um, new fundraising, God, that, that they're in doing right now for their to raise money to help pay for all the medical bills for the girls, and God, you would bless that and help them. And um, bless our friends, Tony and Bernice in Cambodia, and their um, their ministry, their outreach there. Esti in Italy, what she's doing with her church, God, and uh, their their various ministries. You pray for the radio ministry, and they would be able to sort out some of the legal issues going on there and uh, pray for other people that are now moving to Vallarta, there's many people desiring to stay here and move here. God, we pray that they'd be able to work out all those details so that you can have them here and they might be a part of the church and uh, be serving. Thank you for those that have been faithfully coming after so many years. And um, thank you for Brent and Judy being here and helping out. And uh, Bryce, which will be coming, just bless everyone who'll be down here. God, while we're gone, and God, we ask you just use these days for your glory. A special prayer, God, for the very serious things going on again around Israel during these days where there's so much um, potential for a major, major conflict to ensue. We thank you for holding back um, these forces that are trying to attack Israel as much as you have, but they need, God, so much of your guidance. So we're looking at some very scary things as well as... as Russia still threatening a nuclear response. So, whatever, Father, the world's in your hands. We just ask you to keep it from falling completely apart until more people come into your kingdom. So we um, pray boldly, God, for your hand to be upon this, the governing authorities of this world, to hold back these major wars, and that your word would continue to go out and draw people to you, and people would become. Um, saved and born again, the new church, the churches that are springing up in Iran. God, thank you for the many, many, many Muslims that are coming to faith there and in Asia, all over the place. So thank you for the work that you're doing, for the missionaries that are working there, all the churches. God, we bless you for the, and thank you in Jesus' name. Okay, that'll do it for today, guys. Thank you. And we will um, try and get online tomorrow no guarantees don't know what's going to be like but one way or another we'll get the word out to you guys so we will see you tomorrow bye bye